0: wakefield it's the nolan car at night show starring nolan when you join nolan as guests this week more Hirsch her score into the show and now ladies and gentlemen here's nolan and welcome back ladies and gentlemen to an edition of the nolan car at night show season three episode 10 now as i've said to you all, all of yours because i know there's millions and millions of you out there tuning into this every single week eagerly watching this you know, each week I try to have a guest on and it's been getting bigger and bigger. And uh, as I said to my guest before the start, I'm I'm so greatly appreciative, not only that he wants to do this, but just that he reached out and was was game to do this and willing to sp- take time out of his busy day. Cause you know, he's pretty big in terms of the sports uh, journalism and media world in and, and Rhode Island. He's the one and only the, the sports director, um, Mr. Maury Hirschgorn. Thank you for joining us this week.
1: No, and Clark, thanks so much for having me on pal. Appreciate you reaching out. And, uh, Always willing to, to help out a URI or a PC or Bryant yeah. kid, you know, who's in the state. And uh, thanks so much for having me on.
0: Well, of course. Um, as, I, as I usually do, I like to catch up with, with my guests and how life's going. So for you, how, how's life going during these wild times that we find ourselves currently in?
1: Yeah, life's going well. Uh, busy week right now. If we kind of look right in the moment, try to stay yeah. in the moment. Um, not, not look at everything too big. But uh, yeah, I mean, Tom Brady's coming to town Sunday night. So I guess that's sort of a big game. And um yeah, the Red Sox could be at the playoffs next week. So it's a busy time here. So today's probably the only day off I'll have in the next, you know, week and a half, two weeks. But that's sports, man, right? Yeah, that's I mean, it's awesome to cover sports, awesome to be at the biggest games, and uh happy and thrilled that I can uh so far carve a career out for myself.
0: Yeah, well, as as I uh I asked this the last few, you know, student journalists um at, at URI. Um but for you and your perspective, comparing, you know, what it was like at the beginning to the now, how is how has it been, you know, covering, you know, the, the sports team, whether it's, you know, college basketball or uh, college or professional or other stuff?
1: You're saying specifically in this market?
0: Yeah, like as you know, because at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, it was difficult and now it's sort of, you know, opening up. So I'm just curious from your perspective, what it's, what it's been like that, that type of journey.
1: Sure. Yeah. Well, I've I'm going on my fourth year here in in the Providence market. So I was able to cover you know the market for two years as what it normally is, and then a year of the pandemic, and now we're slowly, hopefully, phasing out of it. Um, but it's been great. Uh, my first year here was Red Sox World Championship in the fall, Patriots Super Bowl in the winter, Bruins Stanley Cup Final in the spring. Uh, so I really got to taste that New England championship culture from the second I got here. Uh, not originally from here, went to school in New England, but obviously had heard all about the, the championship success. And uh, being from Philadelphia, my Eagles had lost to the Patriots in a Super Bowl before. So, uh, you know, knew, knew about all the success and then to be able to kind of jump right into it was great. Uh, p- pandemic obviously happened a couple years after that. We're, we're hopefully getting out of that now, but uh, that was a different time. You know, as a journalist, you had to find ways to, um, you know, ask players creative questions via Zoom. Uh, and via Skype, things like that, so in order to elicit the same answers that you'd get in the locker room, but uh, missed being out on the field, missed being on the court, on the sideline, talking to players and coaches and seeing them up close and personal uh, in their natural habitat and environment of where they succeed. Um, so it's definitely been a wild time, uh, but I wouldn't sh- wouldn't change it for the world, and uh, super appreciative now to be able to be back in person after yeah. having lost that for about a year and a half.
0: Now, uh, you mentioned um that you went to school in new england now i, I kind of want to you know go back in time relief the years you went to quinnipiac I, I did my research thanks to the uh the information from uh the website um what was it about that school that spoke out to you was it you know a school that was known for journalism what was was uh the was the news a big thing in that hirschhorn household growing up or was it just like oh this is you know interesting school i'd like to go there Uh, No, I
1: I definitely looked at schools, particularly for broadcast journalism. It had been a passion of mine since the time I was super young and um, had been broadcasting games since the time I was five, six years old for my family and and my grandfather. Um, But yeah, I mean, started looking at broadcast journalism schools about 10 years ago now. Uh, And at that time, uh, my grandmother had a friend uh, who lived up in Connecticut and she was in for a holiday when I was over her house. And she said, oh, you should take a look at this school in, in Connecticut. Quinnipiac. I had never heard of it before. I'm from Philadelphia, so I was like Temple, and you know I was looking at some bigger schools like in Indiana or in NC State. My father grew up in Syracuse, uh, so obviously the Newhouse School of Communications um, definitely has uh, a long history of success. Um, and then I, I, I went up to Quinnipiac and, and eventually took a visit and saw that it was a journalism school on the rise, saw that I could be a player day one, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, After I decided to go there, you know, you get to campus and a couple weeks in you're broadcasting a soccer game, you're writing an article for a field hockey game, you're doing anything you can as a freshman to earn your stripes to then be able to cover our hockey team who made a national championship my junior year, which I got to cover our women's basketball team made the sweet 16 my senior year. So, so just kind of jumping right into the flesh freshman year early, getting your hands wet. And then after four years, you're ready to, uh, to go do it for a check
0: do it once you do that you can do anything like throwing a baby into the water you're, you're ready now um also during research obviously after college you went to Wisconsin which is i'm sure was sure definitely experienced now and you said you grew up in Philadelphia that's i'm sure can get cold to a certain degree but i don't think nearly as cold as Wisconsin so i'm, I'm sure that definitely was a uh, interesting experience how how was dealing with that cold weather while well, reporting some of those events during those those years starting out? It was cold. A
1: negative 36 degree wind chill comes to mind during the winter, uh, the one winter that I spent there. And then um, the first week in April, we had 40 inches of snow over a six six day span. So uh, yeah, definitely cold, definitely different out there, but but what a time to be out there. Packers were uh, on the rise, even though Aaron Rodgers got hurt that year. The Brewers were on the rise. They haven't missed the playoffs since I've been there. Got to cover a Big Ten championship game. Wisconsin football was awesome. Um, what else? The, the Bucks obviously were on the rise and just culminated it with a championship this yeah. past year uh, with the rise of Giannis. So uh, Wisconsin was awesome. Similar to here. Um, crazy football town. Crazy football area. And then the other sports are great. And people are diehard. You know, people are passionate about their teams. And when it's cold outside in the wintertime, people, all they have is – is uh you know their tvs and they're inside and they're watching games with their friends and uh, it's a passionate fan base so there was no better market in my opinion to be able to start at in my career i got great high school sports and told my friends that wisconsin was sort of the texas of the north big (laughs) high school football big high school wrestling really good athletes college level was really good and then i got a taste of professional sports in a first market where that's not always the case for a lot of people so I uh, was fortunate to make the most of my 11 months out in Wausau, Wisconsin. Don't know if I'll ever get back there again, uh, but that place definitely holds a special place in my heart. and was the launching pad for where I'm at now.
0: Well, I'm sure that the cold weather and you know catching the reporting those games of Aaron Rodgers or the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, and then you um, know uh, and in the the uh, Bucks on the rise was definitely something that definitely hardened you and gave experience. Now I'm curious. Speaking of the um, the Packers, and obviously you covered them, uh, Aaron Rodgers and his team have been, I I think in the news quite a bit at over the last, I don't know, year or so, maybe more in terms of, I think decision-making, how do you, as someone who covered that team for a brief moment, how do you assess that situation? And is it similar to the situation that Brett Favre had when he was on the outs with that team? It's tough. Um, you know, it
1: doesn't seem like they're sold on Jordan Love yet. Um, spent a first round draft pick on a quarterback that who knows how he'll turn out uh, after the Packers have been a back-to-back NFC championship games. Um, so I think Rogers would have liked another weapon or two. Uh, we see what he's done with a sort of a depleted core yeah. at wide receiver other than Devontae Adams. Um, but I think Matt LaFleur has made it work. Uh, I'd be surprised though, if Brian Gutekunst and, and Mark Murphy, the, the GM and president of the team were back next year. uh, If Aaron Rodgers wasn't back Uh, in my opinion, those two should do everything they can to keep him there. Yeah. Um, Similar to a Tom Brady situation up here. Uh, You have a, you have a special talent like that. Yeah. Wouldn't be smart to let him go.
0: Well, at the end of the day, it's all about the money and that sport is, is big for ego. So I would, I mean, although I don't, he's not someone who's big, big like that, but uh, we'll see. It's, it's just, it's, it's sad, but then again, you know, he's he was one of the best players of all time. And, you know, it's, it's whatever the, uh, the situation is. Do you have a memory when, when covering those Wisconsin sports or two that it sticks out the most?
1: It's a great question. I do. Uh, my first, like, 10 days on the job, the U.S. Open was outside of Milwaukee, which was about a couple-hour drive from, from Wausau. So I went down on a Sunday morning to cover the final round. Uh, first time I got to go live. Uh, it was my first live shot on professional television. Uh, Brooks Kepka started what was, I believe, three or four major championships in that 24-month span. to um, mm-hmm. so talk about teams and players on the rise. Brooks Kepka used that as his launching pad. Uh, that was at Aaron Hill's golf, golf course. And what a be- beautiful day. Just great memories about that. And uh, what an awesome opportunity to be able to, to witness history. I think he had the lowest U.S. Open score at the time. Uh, that was in 2017, the the spring of 2017. And then I think going down to Indianapolis that fall uh, for Wisconsin-Ohio State Big Ten Championship game, the quarterback of Wisconsin grew up not too far away from me. I didn't have any personal relationship with him but knew a lot of people that went to high school with him. Uh, his name was Alex Hornybrook. And um, just to see that hype and that vibe of, of the school and Madison and you see all the videos of jump around at Camp Randall Stadium and to be able to experience that, in person and and be there i think covering wisconsin was a blast um and then what else it was cool to uh cool to go to u.s bank stadium which was the new stadium that was, that had just been built that year for the minnesota vikings uh unfortunately that was the scene where anthony barr hit aaron Rodgers and broke his shoulder collarbone area and, and Rodgers was out for the majority of the rest of the year um but that was then the site where the Eagles came a few months later, my hometown Eagles, <laughs> uh, and won their first Super Bowl. So, um, yeah, it was a great year. So, so many uh, moments and events jammed into that into those 11 months. Those are just a few that come to mind. Um, but just the daily grind was great, uh, meeting everybody in the town and the community, the high schools, the local colleges. I mean, that's what this job's all about, yeah. uh, storytelling and, and being a voice for the community. So it was a blast.
0: For, for you, obviously, and, and obviously it's the same, or at least to some extent, it would be the same going from, you know, covering college sports and, and doing that, you know, in college is different. Then you come into the real world where expectations are high and the margin of error is very slim. And it can be, you know, I'm sure a, a wide eyed opening for some. Was it hard adjusting to that for you or is it just something like this is what I've always wanted to do when, you know, this is, you know, I don't want to say easy, but, you know, something that wasn't super much of a challenge to adjust to.
1: No, that's a really good question you ask. Um, I would answer it this way I took my student journalism at Quinnipiac pretty seriously. And when you do that, you're doing the same exact thing. Yeah. It's just the only difference, like I said, is more eyeballs on your work and you're getting a check at the end of the day for it. So um, the writing's the same, the packages are the same, the shooting is the same. Going on TV, doing your standups is the same. The editing software might change, but the editing, the X's and the O's of editing a package still remain the same. So um, if you can really focus in on your classwork and and supplement it by doing great uh, work at your local TV station or radio station, whatever your school provides, nothing really changes. It's just the audience gets bigger. And I liken it to sort of like minor leagues in sports, right? You play high school baseball and you get drafted. Well, nothing's different about the game. Yeah, single yeah. A or double A. All right, the pitches are throwing a little harder. There's some more people in the stands, and you're making a little money. Yeah. And then you try to work your way up. You get to the major leagues, it's the same sport you've been playing since high school, right? We hear professional athletes say that all the time. I've been playing this game for 20, 30 years, right? Same thing in broadcasting. When you are in college, take it seriously if you really want to make a career out of it so that it's a little bit more of a seamless transition.
0: Now, after... After college, after being in Wisconsin, you finally make your way over to Rhode Island a few years ago and quickly immersed in the the culture of success and winning in New England. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of some of the sports the sports teams that won, uh, and that's hard for me to admit that. Um, but, it, you know, covering Giannis and the Rising Bucks and Green Bay and so forth and so on, you know, is definitely something But for you, that must have been a whole different level of excitement and, you know, help in terms of growing as a journalist to cover New England and then Boston, then the, um, the Red Sox winning. And then you said, you know, the Bruins and then the Celtics, you know, they made to the conference finals and then choked the loss. But for you, what was that like in terms of, you know, experience as well as, you know, growth in terms of the career? I mean, it was
1: tremendous to be able to come in as a 23-year-old um, <laughs> To a, a what what's you know close to a top fifty market was amazing. Um, had a great team around me. Learned a lot from them. And then uh, fortunate enough that the opportunities that were given to me were were amazing. I mean they were second to none. Um, to be able to come in and cover a Red Sox team that that won the most most games in franchise history. It was 119, I believe, between regular season and postseason. That team was amazing. Um, doing post game shows live on the air especially that one that comes to mind was the 18 inning thriller in the world series against the Dodgers. Um, they were out in LA that night, but we were on the air here. We got off the, our post game show it was like 3:30, 4 o'clock in the morning. And a bunch of our morning folks had come in. Like our meteorologist had come in. Cause the show starts at six and yeah. our anchors, all that type of experience. You can't, you can't learn other than if you're there and you're thrown into the fire. Um, So that stuff was great and covering the Patriots going to the Super Bowl was awesome. Uh, And then I I had a great chance to go and be in St. Louis for games three and four for the Bruins run to, uh, to game seven of the cup. So um, it was great to just be in locker rooms and ask guys questions and um, see how national outlets comport themselves and and act and and ask questions and learn. You know, I'm still a sponge even now Mm -hmm. Uh, four years in here to Providence, always want to continue to learn. Um, So, Uh, It's definitely been a great opportunity and, and uh, just previously recently signed a three-year contract a couple months ago. So I'm here for a little bit (laughs) um, and uh, hopefully continue to get those opportunities. But like I always say, the job doesn't change whether the teams win or lose. It's great if they win. And it's awesome if we can cover like the big championships and the playoffs and the big events. Um, But the job doesn't change if, if uh, the Red Sox are 60 and 102 or 102 and 60.
0: Yeah, it's, it's the same. Well, on top of that, if things are going to get even more better, this past summer, you became the sports director at your station after Sir Yanni Karakas left, um, I don't want to say left, but moved down to Florida. If you could walk me through that moment when you, you found out the news and then became it, what was, what was that like for you? I'm sure that was big.
1: Yeah, yeah it definitely was, Nolan. It was a really special moment. Um, never thought it would have happened knowing that, you know, Yanni was a native Rhode Islander, but um, things in his personal life worked out where they had to move to Florida. And I had an opportunity um, after I had ascended to the number two spot to to take over the department. Um, And it was something I didn't know if I would get. I hadn't been a sports director previously, Um, had to beat out some, you know, talented candidates um, who I'm sure wanted that job and, and expressed interest. But Um, it was just a really special moment for my family, really special moment that I got to share with my grandparents. Um, my grandfather was a big, big influence on my life. He unfortunately passed away in the beginning of July, uh, not too long ago. And, uh, just briefly, our story is that, that he's been, he was blind for almost the last 50 years of his life. Oh, wow. Uh, it was a rare genetic disorder that took his eyesight. Um, but he had a passion for sports. I had a passion for sports and I'd go over to his house you know, all the time, um, and broadcast games. I would mute the television, and I would give him my own play-by-play, play, my own sideline reports, and um, just to be able to share that news with him and my grandmother. Uh, my grandmother's still alive, um, but uh, yeah, just to be able to share that news with him back in May when the word finally, finally got out there publicly, uh, it was just super special because I had been kind of working at it since the time I was super young.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, and he had been there for my quote first broadcast, and I always call my grandfather my first audience. So um, to be able to share that with him and my parents uh, who helped make a lot of sacrifices for me to be able to be in this position was great. And uh, through my work ethic every single day, I just try to repay them and repay my grandparents and uh, make sure that name holds a lot of weight.
0: Yeah, well, it's definitely it definitely is, you know, an impressive thing. And, you know, I I give you all the kudos to you for, you know, being able to pull up. So I'm sure it's definitely sometimes definitely stressful. And I'm sure first doing when you first officially became and it was your first time to do when yanni wasn't there anymore i'm sure the nerves and you know everything else was spiked up tremendously What, what, what was that like i'm curious on that uh first moment when you were officially the sports director
1: i think it really hit me at two points early on in those in that first month first month and a half was training camp just being the point person for the hoopla of the first couple days of an nfl training camp and um you know, all different departments of the station coming to you and, and needing answers. And you're like, oh, my God, you know, OK, I am the one that, that <laughs> needs to at least have the answer or find the answer or do something about that. And then the second moment is when Cam Newton got released. You know, that was that was shocking news um, right before the season. And um, just that that breaking news that day coming into the station, um, organizing the the coverage plan for a newscast at four 5, 6 thirty in the early shows, <clears throat> excuse me, and then Ten and eleven o'clock, and um, what's the plan for our for our social, and what's the plan for our our web department? So, um, just uh, having your hands in a lot of different pots uh, is very cool and and is great, and uh, I've learned great managerial skills, in, in only a first and only the first few months uh, that have definitely supplemented my um, my on air skills. But yeah, being a sports director in those types of moments, it definitely um, opens your eyes. Yeah. Uh, and and like I said earlier, you don't really know what to expect until you're thrown into a situation like that. Uh, and you just have to have to do your best and rely on your team around you. Um, I wouldn't be here without, without the the great team that I have at WPRI 12 and uh, in all departments, they're fantastic there and work with some great people, some experienced people and uh, just days like that come to mind. And uh, it's, it's uh, it's rewarding though, after long days, like those breaking yes. news days and things like that, that you come back and you get to sit back and kind of, reassess what you did and and learn from the positive and grow from the positives and learn from the negatives
0: now i may have mentioned this earlier i i can't remember but um you know the field of journalism is you know about you know factualness you know precision you know whether you're first starting out or you know experience you know like today you know with this position as you know sports director you know how do you ensure with it personally you know how do you ensure that you know you don't slip up on a story that's something you definitely you don't want to do
1: yeah, I def- definitely ask people around me, um, fact check scripts, and um, you know ask for certain advice and, and things like that, just to make sure that you're staying on your Ps and Qs, um, and that your stories are factual and are and are accurate. Um, and another big thing in television is to entertain. You know, you want to have you know you want to have the best bites from the best athletes and coaches that that tell the best story and uh, elicit emotion. Um, so I think you know when you keep all that in mind, you want you know factual information, you want uh, factual stories, you also want to entertain. And when you can put both of those together, that usually creates the best product.
0: Would, would you say that, you know, the, the fear of, you know, slipping up or messing up or, you know, that margin of ever being slim that, that drives you to not just be you know the best journalist, but the, you know, best, you know, station, you know, in the sports department around?
1: It definitely does. We know that a lot of people watch our, our station uh, for news, for weather, for sports. I mean, all of our departments are, are phenomenal across the board. And Um, knowing the standard that was set before me, uh, knowing the standard that then I helped create when I got here. And then knowing the standard of where I want to raise the bar to as the sports director and as the leader of the department, um, all three of those definitely drive me each and every day.
0: Now I want to end with this. This is the segment I like to do on every show. It's called the one word challenge, a real creative name, um, And what I'll do is just, you know, throw, I don't, I'm not going to say pepper, but I'll throw out topics that have something to do with yourself or the area and just get a sentence or a word that first comes to your mind. Um, Philadelphia. Cheese steaks. Quinnipiac. Bobcats. Pat's nation. Diehards. URI athletics. The Ryan
1: center. I guess that's two words.
0: Yeah, that that works. So, sports journalism. Awesome, Rhode Island. Beaches. Maury Hirschgordon. Passionate. Well, I, I Maury, I want to thank you, you know, very much for you know taking the time out this week to do this for me. I, I, I greatly appreciate it, and, and you know, it, it means the world. And as I said before, we we started even just you know reaching out and you know wanting to do it. it you know, means more to me than anything so uh, thank you very much
1: you got it nolan anytime thanks so much for having me on um
0: so and for, for those out there and as i said at the beginning of this i know there's tons of you out there tuning into this every single week looking to see my my wonderful face and the, the guest i have for the week so do do myself and my dear guest this week a huge river, smash the heck of the subscribe button follow it if you're listening on audio leave a like hit that hard button Click that bell notification so you're notified when another amazing episode myself comes on. Cause later down the road, after you do this, and more gets inducted into the broadcast hall of journalists hall of fame, you're like, dang, that episode early on was pretty amazing. So do myself a favor. I'm it's also on social media, Instagram, no one cart night show, and then Twitter it's no cart night. Mori, would you like to plug anything for the uh, tons of viewers out there?
1: No, I think everything's good. I mean, they know where to find us, uh, Channel 12 in Rhode Island and Southeastern Massachusetts, and uh, that's CBS and Fox. We're a duopoly, and, um, yeah, just excited to uh, have all of our, our continued content and uh, cover the, uh, the, the teams coming up here in the playoffs. Hopefully the Red Sox make a big run.
0: Well, and uh, with that being said, I'll catch you all next week for another show In the words of Johnny Carson. I bid you all more good night. See you later.